This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by Adam Holloway, the host of the Falcons Nest podcast, and he's going to be talking with us about Richie Grant, the Falcons' new safety, and talking quite a bit about his fit in Dean Pease's defense. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcons.com. RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter at Falcons. And, of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's episode, I am joined by Adam Holloway. He's new to the podcast space, relatively new, I guess I could say, um, with uh, him starting up the Falcons Nest podcast. You probably also have seen his stuff on Twitter uh, these last couple of weeks post-draft at Damski32. Um, Alan, Alan Adam is going to be joining us to talk about Richie Grant, his fit in this Falcons Dean P scheme. He's going to be sharing some insights into some differences that we'll see in the Dean P scheme compared to previous schemes like that of Dan Quinn. We'll also get Adam's thoughts on some of his favorite and least favorite uh, draft picks uh, after the Richie Grant pick on today's episode. And before we get into that conversation with Adam, I do want to plug the Peacock and Williamson podcast hosted by NFL analyst, Brian Peacock and former NFL scout, Matt Williamson is the, one of the many national podcasts here on the lockdown podcast network, talking about every team, every game, every move, every draft pick, all that and above uh, you can find on the Peacock and Williamson podcast, wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. Uh, so with that being said, let's get into that conversation I had with Adam Holloway uh, at Damsky 32 about Richie Grant. So guys, you're locked on Falcons. Of course, I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by Adam. You know him as Damsky on Twitter. He is from the Falcons Nest pod, and he's going to be here with us to talk a lot more about Richie Grant, get his thoughts on Dean Pease's scheme and Richie Grant's fit within that scheme and maybe share some insights that he's had watching the film of that. And we'll also get some of his uh, general thoughts on this Falcons 2021 draft class as we are want to do at this stage of the calendar year where everybody comes on the podcast and shares their opinions about the, this fifth round pick or that fourth round pick. So, uh, Adam, welcome to the show. What's going on, Aaron? I'm really, uh, really pumped to, to join you and, you know, finally actually meet you face to face. Yeah, man. <laughs> We've been talking back and forth for several years. I remember yeah. having a conversation with you uh, prior to the 2016 election where I was like, I, uh, if, if Trump wins, I'm moving to Canada and you give me some recommendations <laughs> on some places yeah. where I should move to, if I was going to look for work, obviously nothing came of that, but, uh, <laughs> I, I do remember that conversation. So yeah, you know, that was good, yep. yeah, we've been talking for a while. So let's, let's talk a, a little bit about Richie Grant 
And I just, you know, start things off. What are your thoughts on the Richie Grant selection for the Falcons in round two? And, and what do you think he's going to bring to the table here in Atlanta? Um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Like, I didn't love this safety class overall. I just thought it was it was okay. There was no top flight guy. I think a lot of people are saying Trevon Morig was that kind of guy. And, um, you know, he kind of fell to the, I think, the middle of the second as well. So um, I think it was like a flavor of ice cream kind of thing. Everybody pick what they want. Um, and Richie, Richie fits the scheme pretty well. I, I thought, um, just from in perspective of what Dean Keyes runs, um, I thought um, they did a good job on, on getting a guy that can at least give us adequate safety play. And I think that's something that's been missing um, since Ricardo Allen kind of, yeah, since he kind of had his Achilles injury back, I think what, two, three years now or something like that. Yeah. But, um, and and he kind of lost that uh, that versatility that he once had. So um, Richie Grant, the player, he's a physical dude. Um, He'll let you know if he hits you. And those are, those are my kind of safeties. He's got a little bit of range to him, not 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 nothing crazy like Earl Thomas like, but uh, you know I, I like him in the box. I like him getting a little dirty, and um, yeah, he's he's a crafty player, and I I, th- I think Dean Pease is going to use him pretty well. Now you know on yesterday's episode of Locked On Falcons, I did my scouting report on Richie Grant, and one of the things I didn't get the chance to talk about because I didn't think it was that relevant was how good he was on special teams because. I fully expect him to start right away and therefore mm-hmm. can just sort of leapfrog playing on special teams. I guess I'm curious. I'll ask you the same question. Do you expect him to win this starting uh, free safety or strong safety spot? Yeah, I think in in a, in a world where Dean Pease plays um, interchangeably between the safeties, I think Deron Harmon and, and both um, Richie Grant will kind of be on the field at the same time and kind of give them um, that Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Kevin Byard kind of kind of duel. Not obviously Kevin Byard is one of the marquee safeties in the league. Um, both, um, he, I think he was an all pro and he's been to a few pro bowls. So it's kind of high aspirations for Richie Grant, but for the scheme and, 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 and that perspective, he, he has to be able to play interchangeably both free safety and strong safety. And I think if you're asking Eric Harris to kind of do that, I think that's kind of out of, uh, out of his element. I know Oakland done, uh, or not Oakland, I guess now it'd yeah, be Las Vegas. I do it too. Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Las Vegas is kind of asking him to do some single hire and some cover two stuff. And um, that's just not where you're kind of putting him in a bad spot at that point. I like um, Eric down in the box kind of fun fact, Eric actually played where I live in Hamilton. So uh, I got to see him before he was a Falcon. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think um, just for uh, what Dean Pease is going to ask of his um, defense, I think for sure he's going to win that job. I, I don't really like Hawkins is not going to challenge. I don't think for a starting spot. I think um, he, he's kind of on the roster bubble and in that perspective as well. He doesn't have that versatility that um, Pease likes. So yeah, I think, I think, I'd be shocked if he didn't like um, I think one thing that um, I seen constantly throughout his film was you can, you can kind of see his IQ. Um, I, I hate speaking on IQ for players and thing, unless you can visibly see the IQ in, in his game and you kind of see him um, being able to rotate and be able to, to shift his guys into proper positions. And even on the goal line, um, there was a, there was a two play stance against them. Um, I think it was Cincinnati where um, you could see he was reading the play. And so from that perspective of him, just being um, really good, um, just knowing coverages and knowing um, responsibilities. I think, I think that alone will get him on the field. But like I said, he's a physical tackler and yeah, a wrap up tackler. And I think that's kind of what, what's been missing is guys that can efficiently wrap up, um, and, and, you know, tackle a guy properly. <laughs> so, 
So we're going to get a little bit deeper into Adam's thoughts on how Dean Pease might use his safeties differently and how Richie Grant will fit into that paradigm as we continue today's Locked on Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I do want to plug the NBA side of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out the Locked On Hawks podcast hosted by Brad Rowland on your favorite podcast app, including the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline gives you all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NHL, NBA, and all your UFC and MMA action. And there's no time like the month of May to get started at BetOnline. The NHL playoffs are already beginning. The NBA playoffs are starting shortly. The second leg of the Triple Crown, the Preakness, was run this past weekend. And, of course, baseball season is in full swing. And you can track all the action over at BetOnline. And it's not just sports. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today. To sign up at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus, meaning if you deposit $100, you get $50 in free money to play with with that promo code locked on. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Did you know that Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, has nine delicious flavors? Whether you're a fan of coconut almond like me, or you prefer mint brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut, or raspberry. There's something for everyone. And you can try them all by getting a mix box, getting two each of all nine flavors. Built Bars are tasty because they contain 100% real chocolate. They taste just like a candy bar. My favorite, the coconut almond tastes just like an almond joy but built bars aren't just tasty they're healthy too they're low in sugar low in calories high in protein high in fiber i like using them as low calorie meal replacements for breakfast and lunch you can use them too to give yourself an energy boost pre or post workout however you want just head over to the website builtbar.com use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com So I am here with Adam from the Falcons Nest podcast. He's been doing a lot of stuff on Twitter at Damsky, Damsky 32, I'm sorry, um, (laughs) to uh, break down this Falcons 2021 draft class. And one of the things, um, you know, that you've schooled me a little bit on and, and, you know, I hate to be schooled on anything, (laughs) but like, you know, you, you've, let me know about some of the different elements of Dean Pease's defensive system. Cause you've done a lot more work on it. You know, I've watched, I've watched several games of his uh, from the last couple of years in Tennessee and a little bit from his time in Baltimore, but not anything too in depth. And I know that's one of the areas that you've been trying to get deeper and deeper into. And I guess my mm-hmm. first question is like, what is sort of the difference between how Dean Pease might utilize the safeties uh, based off what you've seen than what we've been grown accustomed to seeing these last couple of years under Dan Quinn's system? Just in perspective, like, he uses two free safeties. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, and then, like, me and you, I think what you're talking about is when I was telling you about why joke fit, um, uh, Uusu Koromora, why he fit, he was a potential fit for this um, scheme, was in that bullet position. That That's typically his his strong safety is down in the in the box and on intermediate things like that. So typically... Um, and I've shared the the graphic a few times. It's um, he runs like a big nickel, big dime kind of thing, um, where he uses that bullet position and he drives two safeties up top. And I think for Tennessee that was um, Hooker and 
Kevin Byard when he was there. And then he slid Vaccaro into the box where Vaccaro, like that's, that's perfect. That's a perfect role for him. And that's kind of, that's kind of why I've been pushing for the Falcons to sign a Vaccaro because he kind of has that versatility to play down there. But I'm assuming Eric Harris, if he runs that, that's where he'll be playing. But for the most part, when they're running cover cover three and stuff and, and cover two and whatnot, um, he, he likes the safeties up top and he likes to slide down safeties um, for the most part to the tight end side. So he, he doesn't want to be caught in a situation where if one guy single high, like say if Eric Harris was up there with Richie Grant, um, Eric Harris being single high, that's that's a big mismatch for uh, vertical threat receivers, right? Whereas opposed to if you have Richie Grant and you had Deron Harmon up top, um, if if Richie's got to slide down just due to an, an alignment thing, Deron Harmon can can slide up top and, and be over the top that way. Um, so I think I think it goes back to P's just screaming the versatility, and he never wants to be caught in a bad situation. I've heard him reiterate that. I've listened to at least like five hours of his podcast or not his podcast, but podcasts he's been on, and he just never wants to be put in a bad spot. So I think. The way he utilizes two free safeties is kind of, it's kind of something you don't see in the league, and it's really exciting to see from, um, a, from where we were, I guess we, you could say, um, where we're constantly at a position in, in the safety um, area, and then we have two guys where it seems like no matter who's up top. I know you're not a super fan of Richard Grant up top, but he can give you more adequate play as a center fielder than, say, um, Ricardo Allen in his last year just because of the injuries and, and just because of his age um, and his size, right? Um, so I think, I think that's the biggest thing is that Dean Pease never wants to be caught at a position and he wants to um, always have his players in the best position to succeed. And I feel like Deron Harmon was a solid pickup for, and he was kind of safety um, insurance for just in case they didn't get their center fielder, which in this draft I felt like there was only two center fielders that had that kind of um, potential in Javon Holland, who went to Miami before us, and then Richie Grant, um, which of the two, I thought Richie Grant was worse at single high. So I think just just not wanting to be caught in a bad situation and and, and the ability to roll a different coverage um, at, at any time on the field is, is, is what he really wants to do. Now, I know bringing this up, we're a long way away from this, but back at the start of 2020, particularly last summer, you know, there was a lot of hype for the Falcons with their three safety looks, as you may or may not recall, uh, where there was Casey and Allen and and Neil, and we were going to get to see all the three of these guys and their big nickel on the field and Allen's versatility and Casey's versatility and Neil's physical presence, all these various things. Uh, obviously that did not come to fruition. I remember watching that Seattle game in week one and being like, why aren't they using the three safety looks? This is the sort of opportunity that they, they have been hyping up all summer long. Um, so I guess my question is, do you, at least in terms of what we were hyping up a year ago, do you feel like we could start to see a little bit more of that, under Dean Pease based off what you're describing? Yeah, to, in, in my opinion, yeah, I, I, I do think so. Um, I think it, it also goes back on the play call. Like, I, I love Raheem Morris, so it's it's hard for me to sit here and knock him. And I'm, I'm not that kind of coach to sit there and, and knock what the other guy did. But Dean Pease is kind of um, 
he's Dean Pease. He's the, one of the best defensive coordinators in all of football that's, that's ever even coached. So yeah, I think, I think it's more exciting. Like I would have loved to see Keanu Neal kind of in that bullet position that you and me were talking about just to see him just roam over uh, the, uh, the intermediate stuff and, and just play where he can use his strength and, and not be tasked with um, playing deep third, so to speak. So that would have been fun, but um I, I like where we're. I like where it's going, and and I I definitely like the versatility that Dean Pease is going to play with, and I and I think the play caller um, has a huge factor, I guess you would say, in that. So yeah, I I, I think uh, I think we'll see better looks than that, and 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 I don't know, I like that to me. Like I feel like I don't know if they have the faith in Eric Harris like that. Do you, like. Do you think so, or I don't know? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like that was such yeah. a weird signing for me. I'm like, Bacaro's like right there. Why, yeah. why would you not? Like, so like, if they wanted to do that, I'm, I'm not really. <laughs> I mean, sure, right, but it, right now I'm kind of envisioning him being more like a special teams guy, like Sherrod Neesman, mm-hmm. than necessarily a big part of the defense. But they they kind of needed a body there at the time when they signed him uh, because they had you know all those guys, Casey and Neil and and Alan Walk. So my guess is that with the Harmon pickup and the Richie Grant pickup that they have hopefully solved their safety issues and we won't see that much of Eric Harris this year and he'll just be relegated to being that third safety that gets occasional reps um, and and plays special teams, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Like I know you're saying, I remember you saying when we signed Harmon, he was kind of the third safety in New England. And I'm um, I'm, I'm wondering, like, do you have faith in him as like – with Richie Grant, like in that in that aspect, to be uh, to be up in like cover two, or if he has to single high, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like Harmon a little bit more as a single high than I like Grant in that regard. Oh, really? So I feel like Harmon gives you that guy that can do the deep stuff, while you kind of do versatile stuff with Richie Grant, and and mm-hmm. don't force him to have to sort of have to be that deep single high safety that has to sort of cover up everybody's mistakes and you can just use his versatility to its advantage and have him, you know, all over the place, making plays underneath where I think some of, I won't, I don't want to say limitations because limitations makes it sound like he's super limited. Like Eric Harris is limited. I don't think Richie Grant <laughs> is limited, but I just don't think he's nearly a stud when it comes to like the deep coverage stuff. Like I think you, mm-hmm. you mentioned it like, Compared to what Ricardo Allen was last year, yeah, he's he's definitely advanced uh, to that. But I think if you go back to like peak Ricardo Allen, like I, I think that's kind of where Richie Grant peaks. So I, I don't know if he's going to be significantly better than what Ricardo Allen was like three years before, three years ago. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I I feel like when we've seen Ricardo Allen at his best, even in the second half of 2019, where he was kind of taking over Keanu Neal's strong safety role. I felt like even though he wasn't great in that, in that during that time, but like you got to see a lot more of his versatility and I thought Mm -hmm. he did a pretty adequate job doing some of that stuff. So that's kind of what I'm envisioning for Richie Grant playing some slot, you know, covering tight ends, playing in the box, doing all those types of things. And then you kind of have Harmon doing the Casey thing that Casey was doing the second half of that year as the deep guy. But I think Harmon is much better than Casey in that role. Yeah, I would agree. And like leading up to this, um, I was watching some 2018, 2019 um, Titans film just 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 to get my perspective on like how uh, how he likes to roll his safeties down and and like quite 
honestly, like Kevin Byard was in the box a lot. And I think that's one thing about Byard is that his IQ was so good in the box. And I, I feel like obviously it's hard for you to say, okay, yeah, he's, he's going to be as good as an all pro. Like he's definitely not like, I think that's reaching big time task, Richie Grant to be an all pro, but his IQ on, on intermediate things, like being able to pass guys off, like simple things, passing guys off in zone, like to, to you and me, that sounds easy. Um, but like that was a huge problem for us for the Falcons in general last year is passing guys through zone or just getting people to understand zones um, in general. So I think if you have a guy that's roaming and being able to pick up stuff underneath like that, and, and you've seen his ball production. So if he's able to jump routes like that, um, I, I, I can see the appeal from Dean Pease's perspective on why he would fit um, on those intermediate things. So um, I'm, I'm excited. Um, and you know what? I, like I said, he. Um, I, I I like the pick, um, but the safety class in general wasn't. There wasn't like there wasn't like a Kyle Hamilton next year, like who is an absolute freak that's sideline to sideline, right? So um, Richie, Richie's uh, really exciting. I'm really excited to see him in the in this fit along with Harmon. And like I love safety play, so seeing both of these guys fly over. I know I was kind of on the KZ bandwagon. I was like, yeah, he can, he can be a free safety. And, you know, my my guy from Cali, uh, he proved me wrong. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was high on Casey for a while too, and then I wasn't. <laughs> you, know, you know how that goes. It's just like you're like, yeah, this guy's gonna be great, and then you you watch a couple of games, you're like, uh, okay, give me something, Casey, give me something. Yeah, so uh, I want to get Adam's thoughts on the rest of this draft class, and maybe some standouts or not so standouts, maybe some picks that still have him scratching his head. We'll get that as we wrap up today's Lockdown Falcons. But before we get there, guys, I do want to plug the two national draft shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, the Draft Dudes Podcast and the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. Obviously, you can go to those shows to get their thoughts on the various 32 teams NFL draft classes, including the Atlanta Falcons. But you definitely want to check those shows out and stay subscribed over the summer because they will give you that heads up for all of you guys that are draft obsesses, if you're like me and you're distraught over the Jalen Mayfield selection, you're looking, okay, where are the Falcons going to get that left guard of the future in the 2022 draft class? Then those two shows, the Draft Dudes podcast and the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast will certainly give you a heads up for the stars and, and top players in the 2022 draft class. So stay tuned as they do their summer scouting series in the coming weeks and months. And of course you can find draft dudes in the locked on NFL draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So we're going to be talking about the favorite parts that Adam had of the Falcons 2021 draft class. And you know, my favorite parts, at least when it comes to my car are the parts that actually work and the parts that I can get for cheap. And of course I can get all of my favorites for my vehicle at rockauto.com. They have everything from engine parts, motor oil, brake parts, new carpet, as well as tail lamps. And you can get anything you need for your car in just a few easy clicks and it gets delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate. So you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose by brand specification or the price that you prefer. And those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
So let's talk a little bit more in general about this 2021 draft class. I guess I'll just ask you, you know, who was your favorite pick from this draft class? <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm going to assume yeah, you don't want me to say Kyle Pitts because that's boring. So um, I, I, I know you pretty well you, that you weren't going to say Kyle Pitts. So that's, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> um, so I liked Ogun DJ. So um, I know me and you have our differences on where, where, where he's slotted. Um, but they're playing him at outside linebacker. So I guess I win that one, right? No, just joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> wait, wait till he has that first zero pressure game. I'll be in your mentions immediately. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, but I, I do like Oga DJ. Um, I actually just talked to his um, trainer out in Cali um, when he was doing pre-draft stuff. And um, I guess a little bit of post-draft stuff. And um, he's, uh, he's, he's so intriguing because my argument, my biggest argument um, in rebuttal to, to our conversation was that um, he wins so much um, on the opposite shoulder of offensive tackles that I think asking him to be inside is kind of tough ask when he doesn't really you don't really see his pass rush that well there so um when he's outside and he's able to use his length and um he's like even senior bowl one-on-ones he was able to to work some counters and that's what um eddie his his trainer was saying is that he came back from notre dame and and him and eddie sat down and he said you have to work something off of this long arm it's efficient but they're like once it's stopped it's stopped and um you've seen at the senior bowl uh there was a an in-between in phase where he was um, uh, just trying to work his craft a little bit more. And you've seen it at the senior bowl that he was working counters off of his long arm. So um, that's, that's really exciting for me. I like, I, people are like, they talk to me and they're like, Oh, so you think he's going to be this elite pastor? No, I don't think he's going to be an elite pastor, but I think he can be an efficient one uh, to, to some perspective. Um, so he, he's one that's, the most intriguing to me, and I also like Taquan Graham, but um, I feel like we have like so many Taquan Grahams on this team, so it's like just pers- uh, position wise, and I don't know, maybe maybe it'll spend the L, um, spell the end to Deidre Snot here, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think the the fact that the Falcons picked up that uh, Olave uh, Sunga Palu uh, over the mm-hmm. weekend for the rookie camp probably is the shot across the bow for Deidre Snot, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, oh, yeah, I like that nose tackle. He's he, he's a big dog, but uh, I I started studying him a little bit today. I don't know if you have, but he, he's got a he's got a little juice to him. Yeah, he's got a little juice to him. I I, I need to do, take a deeper dive, but yeah, he's got a little juice to him. I was waiting, like basically, I was doing a roster projection over the weekend, um, to tr- just to figure out if the Falcons can keep all the players that I think they will keep under the salary cap without making subsequent moves. And I was like, who's going to be the backup nose tackle? Because I don't know if Deidre's not going to be that guy. Um, so I was like, Zach Dahl, the, the kid from BYU that they picked up, even though he didn't play nose tackle. But I'm like, he's like, he's big enough to do it maybe. But And then when they signed him, I was like, okay, he, he's the guy I'm going to slot into that spot. So um, Yeah, and yeah, that, that was like two, day, or two days ago. I put it out on Twitter. I was like, we have no nose tackle depth. What's going on? And yeah. then they respond with two nose tackles to, or yesterday. So yeah. that, was, that was intriguing. Yeah, and, and I definitely, I don't know. I, I think if you're asking Snot to nose tackle and, and Debo to Mike, that's recipe for some bad stuff. To yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, not to make this into a Deidre Snot podcast, but <laughs> I, I feel like Deidre Snot, you know, I don't feel like he got a raw deal here in Atlanta. I just think, it's just the nature of the beast when it comes to yeah. the NFL where like particularly at that position, if you don't, if you're not a dominant run defender, if basically if you're not snacks Harrison or a, a, a top end pass rusher, there's a j- tendency for you to get lost in the shuffle in the NFL. 
because mm-hmm. those are the ways that you really stand out. And I think that's really ultimately what happened with DJ Son. It's not that he's a bad player. It's just he's he didn't do the things that the Falcons needed him to do in order for him to really stand out in a major way and, and, and find his opportunity here. But again, yeah, sure. we're not going to make this a DJ and not podcast. <laughs> uh, let's, you know, but, you know, speaking of draft picks that have not net quite lived up to expectations, I, I guess I'll ask you, who's the draft pick from this 2021 draft class that maybe you're having the most difficulty wrapping your head around? Uh, you're smiling. Cause I, I know, you know who I, <laughs> of course I, I bring everybody on this podcast <laughs> Because I got so much heat for the Jalen Mayfield take that everybody on this podcast is going to come in here and share some of this heat. So go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it is Jalen. It's Jalen Mayfield. Like to be honest with you, and um, like I, I don't know if Jalen could be a good guard. Like nobody knows. He's 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 a right tackle with short arms. So we don't know. We'll see. And and like you um, kind of alluded to on an earlier locked on stuff. Uh, you know, you like your short arm guys closer to the center. So. Um, I definitely don't think he's going to tackle in the NFL. Um, I like for me, I'm praying to God that he works out as a left guard um, because just, just who is on board kind of upset me. Cause it's like, like, like the, the perfect thing you said was if you want a physical tone setter, why didn't you draft Ben Cleveland? Like it's the exact same thing. And that was his position. So it's like my only um, thing to all of that is is like if they legitimately graded Mayfield out as the highest player on their board at that point in time, and they stuck to BPA, then then that had to have been the pick. Because like if you were needing a guard, there was plenty of other guards that were like you had an All American in Wyatt Davis there. I'm not. I always try not to bring him up because of my OSU bias, but he, like he like to be honest with you, he would have been perfect. Like you know what I mean? Or Ben Cleveland or. Um, Mirnez, uh, like there are so many options. So as yeah, like I, I, I'm willing to take the heat on that too because I do question it. And like I said, if 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 Mayfield comes out and week one he starts and and he looks, you know, average, like I think that's a huge win for Ledford. Like to to be honest with you, because um, I like there's so many questions at center. We don't know what Matt Hennessy is going to be. You got Dalman. E- either way, you're going to have a, a, a an undersized kind of center in there so you need a big guard in there so you need somebody that's that's pushing like the 315 ish uh weight that that can move people uh to help out your center so i feel like and to be honest with you i would not be shocked if they made a couple moves and and were trying to bring a body in because um you kind of planted your flag on winning now with kyle pitts um so to me the most responsible thing would be to surround matt ryan with with the proper um, things that he needs and and you know like he he's a he's a pocket quarterback so him not being able to step up into the pockets is going to be a huge problem for him like you kind of seen when he had to change his arm angle he was kind of th- fluttering balls like on on outs and stuff like that so if he if he doesn't have the time to to step into a throw um it, it's not going to be uh you know one with velocity so it's going to be it's going to be a little bit tough for him so that's kind of it's just my frustration with um like, did you put Matt Ryan in the in the in the best spot that you could possibly put him in by pick, picking Mayfield? Probably not, because he's got to go through a transition, and then he's got to learn. Um, I like the scheme fit um, in general. Like, I don't think he's like a perfect scheme fit. I think he can do it, but um, Mirnez and 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 um, I, like I don't know, maybe Ben Cleveland could uh, could move better. But like, I even I liked um, Aaron. Ba- I guess Aaron Banks was gone before then, but. Just, yeah, like scheme fit wise, like there's just so many questions for the pick for me. Um, 
and uh, a little bit frustrated by that. But, you know, like I said, if Ledford, uh, kudos to Ledford if he, he's able to get him ready for week one. If not, um, pray to God that, that Ghana works out and he can solidify something for us. Yeah, I, I think the, the positive I will say in Jalen Mayfield's case is that the bar is not particularly high that he has to clear. Like, he's just got to be as good as James Carpenter. And if he's as good as James Carpenter, which is not ideal, but, like, the, the – the, the I don't know. The reality I'm creating in my head is if the play calling is good and you just have the same – like, if you put Arthur Smith with last year's offensive line, like, I think that's an offense that outputs a lot more, um, particularly if you can get healthy Julio and, and Kyle Pitts is, and all that sort of stuff and Mike Davis. So, like – I, I just kind of like, he doesn't have to be great as a rookie right away. He just kind of, you know, if he's only as good as James Carpenter, that's, you know, I don't like considering that a win, but like it's a win kind of at this point in time because the bar is, is, is so low. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like my frustration is that the offensive line is still kind of a work in progress. And it's like, it's been a work in progress for like two years now. Like, why are we, why are we, you know, why are we settling for, you know, going into year three? But, um, Let's move on from that and talk about the undrafted free agent that sort of stands out in your eyes. Who, who's maybe one or, or, or two names that you're going to be keeping your eyes on heading into training camp that you feel like this guy could wind up surprising some folks? Um, so one guy that was, I was a little bit higher on uh, than most was Javion Hawkins, obviously. Uh, super talented running back, and people refer to him as uh, PlayStation or the Blur. Because uh, he's just he's super dynamic and and really fast. I understand they gave the other running back more guaranteed money though, so I kind of I was kind of want to study a little bit. I can't find film on the guy, so I'm not really sure too much of him. But Hawkins, um, he he's kind of a change up to what we have, um, and kind of a change up to what um, Arthur Smith had in in uh, Tennessee. So he, he's intriguing. Um, I'm I'm in uh, I'm intrigued by Hargrove uh, from Pitt. Right? Is he is he a Pitt guy? Yeah. I'm intrigued by him just. Because our left guard battle is going to be so, you know what I mean? So I don't, it's so weird. So uh, like I, I watched a couple of things on him and him just filling dudes um, well, along with this center was was uh, was kind of I I, I I can't I can't remember his first name now. Do, do, you, do you Hargrove Bryce, Bryce Hargrove Bryce yeah was it yeah. Um, so he he was a guy that I looked at and I'm just like let's just throw as many bodies at the left guard <laughs> battle as we can and. Somebody prevails, and, and, you know, he's actually a decent player. So um, he was a guy that I, I was checking out a little bit. Um, and, you know, he plays with that nastiness that, that Mayfield apparently got picked for. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, those, those two. And um, who's that line, the safety slash corner, I guess, would, Marcus Murphy, I think he was, from yeah. A&M or something like that. I kind of peeped his film a little bit, and uh, he, had, he had some traits to, to play kind of in the box a little bit. Um, I'm forever looking for a guy to play that bullet position because I like that position. <laughs> it's it's honestly like when when I pitched the idea to you and and I was going through uh, the film on um, Dean Pease's defense, and I was like, oh, you know, that would be really – like Joke would – he would absolutely kill that role. He'd be all over the place. It's kind of it's kind of like a rover role where you you kind of just wherever, and that's like if anybody can find a spot for him, it'd be DMP. So uh, that's why I was kind of I was pushing that envelope a little bit, and then of course Cleveland traded up and and, and was able to select him. So, um, but yeah, um, I, I haven't done too too much research on uh, these undrafted free agents yet, but 
Uh, you, you have a couple guys you got your eyes on? Yeah. You don't, I, you don't have eyes on this Pitts guy or no? Honestly, the, he's the one Pitt offensive lineman that flew under my radar because I did not watch that much Pitt games during the season. And I was like, oh, I'll go back after the season to watch these guys. And I, I watched mostly their draft prospects. And he, he kind of slipped under my radar because I didn't realize that, you know, they had a NFL caliber left guard. I, I knew about the center in Morrissey. Um, mm-hmm. But uh yeah, so I'll have to go back and, and, and focus on him because I wasn't paying that much attention to him. But, yeah, I, I haven't done that much research on, on the undrafted guys yet. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, But to be fair, like Arthur Smith said earlier in the offseason, a lot of these guys are going to probably make the team. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's kind of really good for, for these guys uh, to, uh, you know. And it kind of, like I, I was saying on, on, on the other show, it's just – I love to see the the camp battles. Hopefully, like we actually see some real camp battles, and it comes down to like the last preseason game when this guy's trying to win this job, and like it's not just like oh this guy's gonna win, this guy's fighting for this job, but it's actually this guy's job to lose. Like you know what I mean? So I'm 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 hoping um, to see actual camp battles, and uh, yeah, I think I honestly think Javion Hawkins is going to. Um, is is going to make the team. Uh, he, he's kind of a change up, and he and he gives uh, the offense just kind of another dynamic, even though we don't need any more dynamics because we have them all already. <laughs> so, <it's> like, <laughs> you just just need some guys to to hold up in the trenches, and and hopefully all these dynamics yeah. can uh, you know come to fruition. I guess. Well, it's like for me, it's like they're like, oh, we're we're gonna play Avery Williams on the offensive side of the ball. It's like. How about we just put that effort into getting a left guard somewhere and then <laughs> like we don't need no more dynamics, right? Yeah. Like we don't need no more like you just line up and play eleven personnel and you're pretty much giving headaches to everybody, right? So it's like, but yeah, so um yeah, Hargrove is a guy. Uh, hopefully, he's just thrown into that left guard battle and and, and pushes for it. Uh, he's another big guy, six four, three ten. So uh, he plays with a mean streak from what I've seen. So hopefully, it would be nice to get an undrafted free agent win. So that'd be good. Okay. All right. Well, Adam, uh, go ahead and plug your stuff where people can find your content on Twitter and elsewhere on the airwaves. Uh, go right ahead. So I, I'm uh, I'm on the Falcons Ass podcast. Um, we just got our first episode up. It was draft review, um, so we're doing that right now. And and I'm constantly putting stuff on my um, on my Twitter now. And and right now I'm working on uh, Dean Pease's four three tilt for Michigan State, which he implemented for Tennessee um, in the red zone when he was there. I don't know if you know that, Aaron, but um, I'm work I'm working through that playbook now and it's uh it's it's fun and there's some weird stuff and I'm i I'm kinda into fun and weird for football. So uh that's what I'm working on there. But you can find me at Damsky thirty two. Okay. All right. Adam, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your insights. I'm sure there will be plenty of opportunities uh over the next couple of months as we gear up uh, to training camp and hopefully as you say we'll get some opportunities to see some preseason games i always enjoy the preseason because uh you get to see those battles like we hear all this hype about oh this player's unseating this guy and then you get to the preseason he's like working with the third stringers it's like well i don't know if he's gonna be doing all that stuff i always like seeing how that winds up playing out all the you know 
the all season hype and, and how it comes to fruition. So um, I hope we'll get you on. Cause I know I will definitely be needing some help filling some content uh, in the coming weeks <laughs> as we get to this dead time for football season. So maybe you can come back on and, and share some of those findings that you have uh, checking out this Dean peace defense. For sure. Yeah. I would love it. It was great having you. Thanks for having me. Here. All right, man. So there you guys have it. Um, tomorrow's episode, we will do a uh, Q&A where you guys can submit your questions to have me answered on tomorrow's episode. Uh, we haven't done one, I think, since before the draft. So, um, you know, that's a place to do that. Before I plug where you guys can submit your questions, I do want to remind you guys that you should be checking out the Locked On Today podcast. You know that I have you covered on all things Falcons, but if you're wondering what's going on else in the sports world and you want to be able to uh, check out all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes every day, of course, you should check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. You can subscribe to Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So wrapping up today's episode, I do want to let you guys know that if you want to have questions answered on tomorrow's episode, you can submit them uh, via your favorite social media platform, whether that's Twitter or Facebook. And of course, Locked on Falcons is the name of the address where you can submit those questions. Or if you're a little bit long winded or you are one of the lucky few that have managed to avoid social media all these years, uh, then you can send in your questions and provide your feedback via email to locked on falcons at mail.com. Appreciate it guys. Till then.